You're now listening to Vices and Vultures, a podcast on cultures. The first time we talked about Talia is your friend, and now we have Talia 2.0, which Talia wants to tend and befriend. So always, I wanted people to feel included and like they can thrive. Always. That's just been like who I am as a person. Like I did the strengths finder uh, test, which I think it's like Clifton something now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got includer. Like that's one of my identifiers. And so part of making sure that people feel included is having them feel comfortable in their own skin and feeling like they can contribute to the conversation, to the activity, whatever it might be. Because a lot of times, especially like I attract introverts. Like I'm a light and introverts are moths because I'm somehow able to like break down barriers and like talk to them. I might overwhelm them happens, but I'm able to break down those barriers with them. And, um, so I think personality tests is just one step into helping people thrive and feel comfortable in their own skin. Okay. So Um, I really got into personality tests, A, just because I'm interested in learning more about myself, um, but also how I can interact with others better because I want people to feel comfortable and included And that, you know, I already kind of said that earlier. So I've done many different personality tests. Like there's Myers-Briggs, which you can go to like 16personalities.com or something and do your Myers-Briggs. And that was interesting, but I felt like it was too complex. Um, there's Enneagram, which is super popular right now, but I think it's similar to Myers-Briggs and I think it's too complicated and Even I don't really like it because it's so complicated. And then, um, there's the disc personality, which I was just recently introduced to. Um, but again, it's very complicated, but there is one benefit to the disc in that it talks about your natural style and your adapted style. And so you can kind of see how you would be just by yourself and then like when you're in a work situation it's it's usually used in um the workplace the disc and then i've taken the colby index which talks about your instincts like what do you naturally tend to do and it talks about like your follow-through your relationship with data quick start um abstract thought and i love that one because it's also it's very simple to get, and then you can easily connect it with others. There's only four categories and then there's different levels with them. And then my ultimate favorite that I found about last year is the four tendencies. And it talks about how people deal with expectation. And I think there are so many different personality tests because different people think different ways. Um, and the four tendencies just really hit the nail on the head for me, like it said, I was a rebel. And as I read the book and learned what a rebel was, I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm 100% a rebel. Like this is crazy. And I never had been categorized so well, which a lot of people don't want to be put into a box, but I was okay with this box because it opened up my eyes to what my strengths and weaknesses are. 
and how I could get better at harnessing my strengths. And for me, I also noticed where my weaknesses were. And I was like, I'm not going to let this define me. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I always see personality tests for people who don't really take it to the level that should be as just something that they can hide as like a label. I mean, we talked about it. Um, we have been talking about it a lot where, you know, people will say, oh, because I'm this, like, I won't do this. Well, you know, that's not how you get to that point of like happiness. I feel like everybody in a certain sense, like wants that sense of happiness. And if they're not working towards learning more about themselves so they could be happier, you know, like you gotta know yourself first and know how to right. love and respect yourself. Things yeah. Like and like, sometimes people are super scared about labels. Like they're like, yeah. if I'm labeled this way, I'm going to be pigeonholed. Um, yeah. But working in education, like it's so, they, there are some labels that are so helpful. For example, like if a student has a certain type of um, learning difference, well, when the teacher knows what that learning difference is, they can structure their classroom and how they do their assignments to help that student actually accomplish them. But if they don't know the name of that and they don't know, like, what is the solution, then they're going to be grasping at straws and being like, I, I don't know how to help the student. I don't know what to do. And at the same time, um, like, there's different, like, teaching styles, like some, or learning styles. Like, some people might be visual learners. Some people might be auditory learners, kinesthetic. But really, like, it's good to know that that's one way that you lean, but you're not limited to only learning that way. You always learn through multiple modalities. And right. so it's also like, you got to harness that. Okay. This is like, if you're a kinesthetic learner, that's great, but the world is set up for auditory learners. So you're going to have to learn how to learn that way too. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that we had this conversation because um, I'm one of those people that do not like label. I, I don't like label at all, but I feel like the way you put it, it's like this is a good way to learn about yourself because that's going to help you move forward. Um, because once you know, like you say, your strength, and, and your, your, your witnesses, it makes everything a whole lot easier because you know exactly what you're dealing with. Like yeah. for me, it's like, okay, I don't like to be, I don't want to be put in this label because there are certain things that I might not have to face. You feel me? Like it's, it's more like, okay, I just want to do things the way that I've been doing it because right. it's working fine for me. But I feel like by you learning about your own personalities, this gives you a new edge because there are certain things that you like, you know, a whole lot better and that's going to help you, you know, uh, move forward. Yeah. If I can put it. So that that's, that's huge. Um, I wonder there's a quote and I'm totally going to botch it. It's by Dean Koontz and he is a writer. Um, and it's, it's basically talking about how humility helps you become a great writer. And he's trying to get to the essence of like, when you understand your insufficiencies, you can work harder 
because you know what roadblocks you have and what you need to really work on in order to be great. And so you just, you have to push yourself, but you have to be humble and understand like, Hey, I'm not good at this type of writing, like whether it might be scene setting or really developing a character. Um, and when I read that, I'm not a writer, FYI, but I'm writing a course for writers. So I'm learning all about that. Mm-hmm. I realized like, oh man, I can't let my weaknesses define me. I just need to say, hey, this is a weakness. And I need to allow myself extra time to make sure that I can be as good as the rest. So if someone is really good at creating a strategy, like a strategic plan, and I'm not, and they could, you know, get it done in one hour, and it's going to take me six. Well, I need to be mindful of that. And I need to give my space myself the space to do it. Uh, that was, uh, that was deep, yo. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely deep. That was definitely deep. You came with the knowledge this yeah, morning. I, I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking at things uh, from a different angle now. Now that I've yeah. had this conversation. Because um, your personality does not own you. I never thought about my, like, it, this is crazy. Because I've never really thought about what kind of personality that I have. And I felt like after, you know, once we are done with this, this is definitely something that I'm going to be thinking about. Like, I want to know exactly what type of, you know. Right. Yeah. And and again, like, you might try four tendencies. Like, take that quiz and, like, read the book or whatever. And it might not click. You might take Myers-Briggs and be like, oh, my goodness. That's the one that totally gets me. And then you start noticing these characteristics of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. Because I stay lying on these tests, that. too. <laughs> I stay lying on these tests because whenever I'm taking them, <laughs> like, I'm not, It's sometimes it's not even about, it's not even that I'm lying, but it's just that I don't know, like, if I fit, like, a certain... Cause they, they, they give you, they, they give you something and I'm like, mm, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> right. Like if I fit yeah. in that category or this category. So I'm just so, going to pick one. Yeah. I'm just, just yeah. <laughs> keep it moving and see what happens. But I felt like this is one of those things that you really have to be honest with yourself and, uh, you know, yeah, I, and I'm also sorry. like, and also like there are certain things that you, like you have to learn about yourself pretty much. Um, absolutely but then that would be like why you would talk to a friend or someone that you trust that knows you really well right so you could be like doing a test and be like aj what do you think about this okay okay yeah so i would actually suggest you do the disc personality and tony robbins Mm. he offers a free one so you could just like google tony robbins d-i-s-c and because that one has the natural and the adapted uh, personalities, and then it, it'll it tell you, like, give you some words, identifiers that fit you in those different situations, that could be really interesting. Because then you could compare them and be like, am I like this just 
every day with my friends and family? Mm -hmm. And am I like this at work? Because they have the natural and adapted. Yeah, and that could be a really good place to like work on your self awareness and practice answering these questions. Because like any test you take, it takes practice to do it well. Any test you take. So you so, could you could take the Myers Briggs wrong. You could take the Myers Briggs wrong because you're actually not. You don't know what they're exactly looking for. So when you read about Myers Briggs. Um, and learn more about the process and the mindset of how they structured the test, then you can be like, oh, they're looking for this type of answer. That's Not so necessarily crazy. like a fake answer, but this is the mindset that they're coming from. That's so crazy because you remember our conversations um, towards the end of high school, I took Myers-Briggs and I got ESTP, something crazy like that. And uh -huh. then I took 16 personalities. I want to take the actual test. Um, I, I think it's pretty accurate, 16 personalities, but, um, I got INTJ or wait, no, INFJ. Yeah, I think I got INFJ and I was just like, hold up, this is way more accurate than ESTP. So here's the thing though, with Myers-Briggs and most of these personality tests, as you grow as a person, your personality changes. I think the one- yeah, exactly personality test that really doesn't change is the Colby index because that one talks about your instinct. So your instincts are usually the same from young to old. Interesting. You just mature as a person. And so you're able to be like, oh, I shouldn't do this I kinda because say I've that done one. that before. My hand is, I shouldn't touch a stove, even though I'm curious, like I'm naturally curious. Right. Because I know I'm going to burn myself. Right. That's, that's so, the one I want to do. Yeah. So Myers-Briggs will change. And it's I mean, interesting. I don't know if you follow Humans of New York at all. Not recently. But like, yeah, it's, yeah. I know how to find it. <laughs> okay. So I love Humans of New York because it's about people and understanding their story. And there was recently a story. I think that he was in the Netherlands when he interviewed this guy. So this guy went through crazy trauma in his life and lost his partner. And in the relationship with his partner, he was always cared for. And then when his partner died, he had to be in charge of everything. And he couldn't because he didn't have any practice with that. He was always relying on someone else. And he was frustrated that he was losing his passport and all these important documents. And he's like, I can't live this way. And so he did a whole 180 personality shift and he became super organized and really enjoyed having everything have a place and taking care of things. And he's going to Butler school now. He's like, I just, I want to care for people. And that wasn't his personality. That was not his modus operandi at all, but people change, they grow and they develop. And so these personality things most of them will change as you change. That's so interesting. He made a whole flip because... Yeah, but I felt like, you know, an interesting thing that I... Something that I noticed from that is the fact that there was some sort of trauma or that happened as a result of him losing somebody that was very dear to him. Uh, I felt like you kind of need something tragic to have a change of personality. It's not something that happens um, 
easily because it's something that's been developing you like your entire life for you to get to that point you know it was your childhood it was your uh, right. uh you know you being at school and all this all everything that you've been through so for you to just stop and and be like okay i can't do this anymore and just make like uh 360 like you said that's like a big shift yeah. and you know you can't just do that like uh uh, uh like it doesn't uh, a perfect yeah. example is our it's our parents. Like we talk to them so many times and we're like it's easy that you mentioned that earlier, uh, that you know, your parents know they, they know you best, so you should listen to them because you grew up with them and you know, they were the one teaching you and all this stuff. But at the same time, I feel like it it, it, it is true in that sense, but at the same time, uh if we were to tell our parents the same thing <laughs> They probably wouldn't listen to us. Yes. Uh, and the reason why is because it, it's very difficult for them to change their personality. Like, oh yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah. there's no, there was no. You can tell. I, I mean, I bet, I bet, I bet money on this. Um, you can tell that this is this is not the type of conversations that they, that people were having back then, because people were of the of the idea that you should completely you know stick to something and you know this is particularly true in the church culture that we know um fun fact i'm interviewing natalie boonstra later today um we are interviewing natalie boonstra later today we have the same birthday i don't know if you knew that um yeah so she was at campion and she came through the union and like became homies well actually i went to gvr for a ministry trip and found out that we share the same birthday because we're playing some game um, I haven't talked to her about her being a Boonstra, but, you know, obviously we're going to get into that. Um, anyways, so what was I talking about before this? <laughs> we're, we're, talking talking, about, we're talking about parents. Parents yes. and personality. And, like, they didn't have the same yeah. concept. So yeah, kind exactly. of going back on that, Everly, there's this, there's this pyramid called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Have you heard of this? Nursing school. Um, yep. You already know. Yeah, you're a nurse. You know this. So self-actualization is at the very top. So understanding how to reach one's full potential and creative, like creativeness. But first, psychological needs have to be met. Safety has to be met. Belonging, feeling love, then esteem, and then you have self-actualization. Now, I think one thing all of us have in common is our parents are from another country. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Well, I guess my dad is from Puerto Rico. It's a territory of the United States, but it's a totally different mindset. Different, right. So, like, our parents were really focusing on that that foundation of that pyramid. And they probably haven't had the opportunity to really explore the self-actualization area until just recently because like they're not supporting their kids they actually have time for them because they've been just hustling straight up right yeah now they gave us a really great life so we've been able to like really live in that top part of that self-actualization yeah it makes sense because you know you spend so much time worrying about other things that you don't have time to again take time for yourself and you see that in a lot of different uh forms um, but go, like, I remember we were talking like even before this about the personalities, just, you know, that tool is so important. When I said that my 
um, MBTI was way different in high school. It's it goes back to what you were even saying earlier when you were talking about how you don't understand how to answer those types of questions. Mm-hmm. And part of that comes in, you know, being around that language long enough and understanding and, uh, oh, we got to wrap up in like five. Um, part of that just comes from understanding the language of just uh, what these things actually mean. I remember taking a couple other assessments um, in between this time before I really understood what they meant. And I remember my dad saying like, no, 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 that's not how you answer these questions. And I'm just like, what does that mean? And like, I can think about that time then it's just like not having a concept of, you know, what do we call it? Emotional intelligence. That's what we're calling mm-hmm. it. So, you know, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, you know, personality awareness, like whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's just um, these tools are important because like I know even for, you know, somebody like my dad right now, I just mentioned him. He's going through, you know, we were just talking about it. Um, what would be a good way to say this? He's going through um, a midlife transformation. Um, he just, he found this new career like within the past decade or so. And then like, he's really, you know, it's really changed the way he's interacting with people. Um, my like family included and, uh, extended family like BH and, um, you know, even other people. So those tools, I know for a fact that if they're presented in the right way, when our parents are in Haiti or Puerto Rico or Greece, um, or Philippines, wherever, wherever, um, y'all from who are listening um wherever it is like those tools presented in the right way helps a lot now a lot down the road like that's facts so yeah i think the last thing i just want to leave is just realize that you are going to change because you're constantly developing yourself um and you're going to need to reevaluate and readjust often like say for example you're at the ocean and your goal is to have your feet in the water and you want your feet to stay on top of the water. Okay. If you just stand right there and the, the waves come across your feet, it's going to bury your feet. Yeah. I was You're tripping about that. Top of the sand. I'm like, how do, you, how do you make that happen? I was just thinking to myself, I'm not going to be near the ocean anyway, but you know, <laughs> you, you guys, I'm Californian. The ocean I mean, no, you know, I respect that. I'm California, New York, New York, you know, we beef in. Yeah, there's an ocean there too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we don't go in it. <laughs> we stay in the buildings and look at the ocean. <laughs> well, okay, but here's my analogy. All right, so you're trying to keep your feet on top of the sand, but if you let the ocean waves hit your feet, they will bury your sand. Right. You'll bury your feet. So you need to constantly lift your feet up and shake the sand off and stay on top of the sand. But life is just always going to keep on coming. Those waves are going to keep on coming. And it's just like, you're always going to need to reevaluate and readjust. And right. once you do that, you're going to realize like there's so many different opportunities for you to look at the world. Word. I yeah, like that. I, I like that metaphor. Yeah, that was that was that was great. That so was a great just, Californian yeah. uh, <laughs> metaphor. I said a metaphor. Yeah. I like that. Talia, thank you so much uh, for the conversation. It was great. Um, you know, I love that self awareness talk. Big fan of it. You know, you are too now. Yes, you believe. We, he, he's a believer. Yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah, <laughs> I have a convert. <laughs> 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Vices and Vultures and considering being a supporter of this project. Even leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform goes a long way for us. There is more information about this episode as well as who we are in the show notes. This includes all of our social media links so you can see us and not just hear us. Vices and Vultures is brought to you by Aesthetic and is based in the great state of New York. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more episodes and tune in next time to Vices and Vultures. Thank you.